Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Passion drive and patience what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's time. It's time to hit the ice, Penguin fans. Chris Mack had you covered with all the news and notes surrounding, surrounding your Penguin. Only on 5th Avenue Faceoff. JB. What's going on, Chris? Hey, how you doing, you big guy? I'm doing all right. You know, go, go down, get some Isaac's Chip Chop ham. You know, I gotta give him a mom's house and get some golf bands, you know. And then I gotta go down through the Liberty Tubes, take a right, then I gotta go down about a quarter mile, then I gotta take a right at the church. Now it's the new church, not, it's the, old not church. the old one. You the old church do burnt down. Remember when the church burnt down? I remember, it was sad, it was terrible. You used to have great sad. fish and fries my dad, there. And my stepdad's being all nebby in that. I'm like, <laughs> That's not bad for probably not getting to do it all that often anymore. <laughs> yeah, man, it's been a, it's been over a decade since I left the Burke. Can you believe that? I can't Chris? believe that. I can't. Yeah. I cannot believe that. Um, well, no, we were just keeping this in as the start to the conversation. John Burton, our good friend, formerly of the Fan Morning Show and WTAE Channel Four, now with News Channel Five and WNSR in Nashville, is with us. Follow him on Twitter. I'm sure a lot of you already do. At uh, John Burton Thirty Two. Uh, we go all the way back to our days at uh, 400 Ardmore Boulevard when you were at Channel 4. Right. And I was uh, downstairs at 1250 ESPN. And you would, uh, it, well, I'm sorry, you would not call in. You would facilitate calls from people that sounded very famous who would call <laughs> in. <laughs> you know, yeah, something like that. <laughs> uh, well, what would Mario Lemieux have to say? I'm sorry, what would Ace 66 have to say? If he were not being told to be a figurehead by John Henry and Fenway Sports Group, well, obviously, you know we have to play uh, better, better hockey. Uh, we have to make the playoffs. Uh, you know, really, no excuse if you have uh, Sidney Crosby and uh, and Gino Malkin to uh, not make the playoffs. And uh, hopefully, we'll uh, we'll we'll uh, play better uh, down the stretch. All right, <laughs> thanks, guys. 
<laughs> you got to throw the All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Oh, man. It works out that, that we're talking because the Pens are in Nashville getting ready to take on the Predators. Mm-hmm. And it's like everything has just been ripped up and thrown in the air down in Nashville in the last yeah. 24 hours. David Poyle has said, listen, I'm done. A quarter century on the gig has been enough. June 30th, he's done. July 1st, Barry Trotz will take over as GM. I mean, bang for the buck on his way out the door, as a lot of people think he has fleeced Julian Brisbois in Tampa in taking Tanner Janot for five draft picks, one in each round. Uh, over some mix of the next three drafts. Yeah, Janot had 24 goals last year, but just five this year. Um, I want to start, though, with Poyle and just what he has meant to hockey in Nashville. Um, I don't think anybody, you know, Nashville's a fun town. It's party city. We've all been there. We've all had a good time in Nashville. It's it's a, it's a good NFL city, I mean, I think. Um, yep. I think it yep. may be a great MLB city someday. I know that's being talked about with yep. expansion uh, kind of out on the horizon for MLB. Um, but it, I think the work of David Poyle over the last quarter century, like I said, has kind of made it a great hockey town too, hasn't it? You'd know better. Like you said, you've been there 10 years now. You tell me, is Nashville a great hockey city now because of what David Poyle has done with the Preds? Well, I would say that Nashville is a world-class hospitality and entertainment city. And when you have a good winning hockey club that's located right on Broadway where all the action is, that, that makes it that much better. And when you ask what David Poyle has meant to Nashville, I'll take it even further, Chris. He's meant a lot to this region here in the Southeast because when the first ownership group decided to take a chance and bring an NHL franchise to Nashville, Tennessee, the folks down here knew nothing about hockey. You know, this is, this is sec football country and really the NFL with the Titans, they've only been here about, you know, 20 or so years. So, you know, but the sec has been here forever. That's, you know, they, they live and breathe Mm -hmm. college football down here. And, Poyle understood when he got here in 1997, we have to educate the fans down here and let them know what a great sport hockey is before we can ask them to buy tickets and come to our games. Right. And so he was instrumental in doing that. He hired, you know, uh, the right people to go out into the community and educate people. Um, You know, guys like Pete Weber and Terry Crisp, who were the longtime broadcasters Mm -hmm. for, for Predators Hockey. And they would hold like, you know, hockey one-on-one sessions. And, you know, like I said, get out in the community and educate people. This is offsides. This is a cross check. This is, you know what I mean? That kind of stuff, like basic hockey one-on-one. But he spearheaded all that because, you know, David Poyle is a planner. He's a guy that understands that we have to build this brick by brick. So first you have to build a team, right? Then you have to make the team competitive. Then you have to make the playoffs. And then you have to make the playoffs on a consistent basis. And then you got to have at least a couple of trips deep into the playoffs to where you can compete for a Stanley Cup. And David Poyle was he was the mastermind behind all that. So um, he is such an important sports figure in this region, let alone Nashville, let alone the state of Tennessee. It's almost hard to put into words what he's meant. And he's done it you know, the right way. And what I've always admired, Chris, about. Um, David Poyle is the fact that, you know, a lot of high ranking sports executives, they give you the company line, they BS you a little bit. Mm -hmm. David Poyle is the type of guy, if something didn't work, he'll be the first to step, step to the podium and say, you know what, we tried this 
It didn't work. It's on me. I got to make it better and I'm going to work my butt off to do it. So yeah, he's, you know, he, this is aside from uh, the predators possibly winning a Stanley cup. This is the biggest day in Nashville predators history, to be honest with you. Yeah. And, and that's what's, you know, he spoke with a kind of candor most of the time that like we became used to with Jim Rutherford when he was GM here in Pittsburgh. But JR was also likely to j- go off and trade a Carl Haglin on a Tuesday because the team didn't play well on Monday, right? <laughs> Poyle, Poyle somehow kept his head about him and would would be open and honest and candid with the media and own up to his mistakes, like you're saying, just like Rutherford would do, but <clears throat> never managed to lose sight of the game plan and the long-range plan. And I guess that's the question now is, are, are people in Nashville, hockey fans in Nashville, wondering, hmm, is Barry Trotz, for example, going to hold that same steady, firm line? And can we count on that? Because to your point, this will he's the only GM the, the organization has ever known, Poyle. Right. So can they count on the same steady hand going forward at what is probably the most pivotal point in the franchise's history since expansion as they try to rebuild back towards being a Stanley Cup contender despite kind of just spinning the reels the last four or five years? Well, I want to speak to that point first, Chris, because you're 100% right, because when you talk about the fans, I think the fans, the real hardcore fans of the Nashville Predators, wanted this to happen a few years ago, because you're right. You know, they've been spinning their wheels. They made the Great Cup run in 2017. They won the President's Cup in 2018, but they haven't been out of the first round of the playoffs since 2018. Mm-hmm. And after a while, this fan base... You know, this this is what I felt. I felt this fan base was growing a little apathetic towards this team. It's like, you know, okay, great. We can make the playoffs, but, you know, what's the point, right? right? So when you bring in Barry Trotz, I mean, it's the great unknown. He's never been a, you know, general manager before. He's a beloved figure here, obviously. He coached here for 15 years. He was the first head coach that the Nashville Predators ever had. He, and the one thing about Barry Trotz, we know this. He loves this city. And he loves this organization and he'll work his butt off to make it work. And the good thing is David Poyle is going to stay on as, you know, a special advisor, you know, consultant, that kind of thing. And if Barry Trotz is smart, and I think he is, he's going to, he's going to be leaning on David Poyle a lot, especially in the first couple of years until he gets the feel of what being a general manager from a day-to-day perspective is going to be like, I think from a PR standpoint, you know, the fans love the hire. Oh, it's Trotzy. Trotzy's back. We love Trotzy. But, we don't know what we don't know. We, we don't know. I, we have no idea what he's going to be like as a GM because he's never done it before. You know, a lot of the things you're talking about there, too. I don't want to say Penguin fans aren't apathetic, but like I'm sure you've heard attendance numbers are down at PPG. Yeah. Um, people are tired of first round exits. Yep. Uh, granted, there's a lot more tradition here than there is right. in Nashville necessarily. But still, like you've got an aging core. It's not quite as old in Nashville, obviously. It's four or five years younger than the aging core here in Pittsburgh, but it's mm-hmm. similar in that. How do you continue to build around Forsberg, Johansson, Yossi, Duchesne, right. and they're all in their late twenties, most most of the, most of them early thirties? And hey, is is this the right group to build around? Have we brought in the right pieces around them? And and for the most part, it looks like the answer has been no. They haven't brought in yeah. the right pieces, and now it's trying to rebuild on the fly while remaining competitive. And it makes me wonder, is is this Tanner Janot deal? Look, I, I I understand Tampa is all in on now. So they're willing to overpay. 
Yeah, they're like they're like the, they're like the L.A. Rams. They're like screw the draft picks. Yes, we're, I, we're I, I made that analogy earlier. <laughs> FM picks, baby. We want a parade. So, right. and I get that from Tampa's perspective, right? And and I understand Julian Breezeball had a a great quote this morning about you know overvaluing sort of nameless, faceless draft picks that aren't going to do anything for my team right now. That being said, if the Penguins see themselves in a similar mold or cut from a similar cloth right now as teams that are retooling on the fly, like the Caps, like the Preds, you know, is is the Tanner Janot deal maybe a blueprint for how you can find a team that is all in on now, talk to the, talk them into taking, you know, I don't know who that would be from the Penguins. I don't know if anybody's, look, I would say nobody in their right mind is giving up five draft picks for maybe a Danton Heinen right now. But I didn't think anybody would give up five draft picks for Tanner Janot, for God's right. sake. So, well, I mean, you know, is it a I'll blueprint this, of sorts? It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Yeah, I'll say this, Chris. I mean, the Lightning are getting potentially a really good player. I mean, you've seen Tanner Janelle play. Mm-hmm. He reminds me a lot of Ryan Malone. He's a little bit bigger than Ryan. But that classic, rugged, two-way, 200-foot forward that will, you know, throw his body around, but he has right. good touch around the net. He can score. He can set other guys up. He's a truly skilled player. Now, his offensive production, as you said, um, dropped off dramatically this year. But, you know, I think that's the way a team like the Predators are going to have to build. If you get a haul like the Predators got, you know, and you get the picks right, you know, you have an opportunity to be really, really good going forward. For me, you know, what I, what I was uh, going to try to uh, uh, allude to earlier is just the fact that I applaud the fact that the Predators are embracing the rebuild and, and, and realizing that, you know, it's time to go in a different direction because Poyle a couple of years ago used a term that, that gets thrown back in his face a lot, you know, competitive rebuild. I'm of the belief, Chris, I don't know where you stand on this, but I'm of the belief that competitive rebuilds more often than not don't work. I think he either got to go and, you know, now my football team, I'm from New York, I'm a Giants fan. Somehow right. they were able to do a competitive rebuild. But that's the exception that proves the rule that it's, you know, very difficult to be done. So now when you look at the core players, right, they signed Philip Forsberg to a long-term deal. Yossi's been here. You know, he's making big money. Johansson's making big money. You know, they traded away P.K. Subban a couple of years ago so they could have money to sign Matt Duchesne. And those guys have been good at times, but they haven't been – they've been good individually, Chris, but they haven't been good as a team. I mean, you look at last year's team, right? Two 40-goal scorers, Duchesne and Forsberg. A Vesna Trophy sem- uh, a finalist in Soros. You know, Roman Yossi had one of the best offensive years a defenseman has had since the early 2000s. He had 96 points. Yet they barely made the playoffs and got swept out of there by the Colorado Avalanche just as quickly as they got, got there. So the individual talents are there, but it hasn't come together as a team to where they could be a, high, a mid to higher seed in the Western Conference and not have to worry about you know, barely making the playoffs every year. I don't know if it's coaching. I don't know if it's, if it's, you know, how the team is put together. I don't know the answer to that, but it hasn't been working a few years in the last few years, I should say. And I like the fact that they're finally saying, okay, this is, this is our time. We, we, we have to go in a different direction, but now you wonder, 
are guys like Yossi, Duche, Johansson, whoever, Matias Ekholm, are, are they going to raise their hand and say, hey, this isn't what I signed up for. I don't want right. any part of the rebuild. You know, if you can get something for me, you know, you may want to explore that type of thing. So this is going to be a very, very difficult rebuild, and it could be a while. And you hope that Trotz is, is, understands it. I, I believe he does. But it's going to be an uphill climb, I think, going forward, at least in the immediate future, say, two to three years. And the number of parallels between the Preds and the Pens right now, again, I understand it's a different kind of core that we're talking about. Right. A little older, a little more talented. Yeah, we have, we don't more... have two, you know, we don't have yeah. two bona fide <laughs> Hall of Famers. You know? <laughs> we got some good guys, but we, we don't have Crosby and Malkin, bro. <laughs> little, I said a little different, JB, a little different. Look up, look up, hey, I got, I got to challenge you on something. What are you doing getting on the air with Pony, giving, whispering sweet nothings in his ears about David Long and Bud Dupree and all these guys that the Steelers should supposedly have an eye on? I'm telling I think David Long would be a nice fit. I'm telling you. Okay. He's, he's a smaller inside linebacker, but I'm telling you, he's physical. He's tough. He plays with an edge. Like, he thinks he's 6'4", 280. You know, and he, I mean, he, I think he'd be a nice fit in the Titans defense. Well, Pony's going to have, Pony's going to have both of them rooming with Kenny Pickett by the end of the day. What's that? Pony's going to have both of them rooming with Kenny Pickett uh, in the, in the East wing of the hall of fame by the end of the day. Exactly. I mean, you know, Pony, Pony, Pony is the ultimate, uh, he's, he's, I tell you what, he grew up a couple towns over from me in upstate New York. And let's just say. He didn't grow up a Steeler fan, but he is one now. So, oh, it's the same way he's trans. He's somehow transformed from a, a Jim Bayheim loyalist to all of a sudden he's he's all ride or die on Pitt too. All yeah, right, he's un- yeah, he's unreal. Uh, I'm gonna let you run, but with with that being said, uh, how are things going in Nashville? You've settled in down there, like you said, you've been there a decade now, man, and I can't believe it because it feels like just yesterday. I I'm technically following somewhat in your footsteps and that I'm on the fan morning show. Now we've got, we've yeah. got, we've got a small club. There's very few of us, That's but, right. <laughs> but, but we, we, we are loyal to you, one another. You had to pull up with colony every morning, not me. <laughs> right. You, the, where do you think? Oh, I, I didn't have all these gray hairs last time we talked, man. <laughs> oh, but well, first of all, thank you for asking. Yeah. Things are great, man. Things are great down here in Nashville. Uh, past a decade. It's the longest I've ever uh, been anywhere and doing the picked up the radio a few uh, about three years ago, but doing the TV steadily. And um, it's been great having a lot of fun. Uh, the city's amazing. It is really I get treated here better than I deserve. I can tell you that it's uh, I have a you know, I, lead, I lead an active social life. and I have a lot of fun. I'm a work hard, play hard guy by nature. But what I love most is the fact that every now and then I still get a lot of people tweeting at me saying, Hey, we miss you in Pittsburgh. And that kind of, that means the world to me because like I was telling Pony the other day, when you come to Pittsburgh to cover sports and you're not from Pittsburgh, you have to earn the fans trust and respect because Mm -hmm. it's, you know, you're from there. You get, it's very provincial. It's like, it's, it's us against everybody. And it's basically like, if you're going to cover our teams, you better be all in with them. And and Uh I remember asking a guy one day, I was like, what do you want me to do? Go on the air and cry after the Steelers lose a big game. And he looked me dead in the eye and he said, yeah, that's what I want. <laughs> I, walked in, I walked into Perrani's in, in, in Monroeville one day to watch a Giants-Jets preseason game on Monday Night Football. <laughs> like, it was still warm out. I think I, uh-huh. I think I might have thrown on a Giants sweatshirt or hat or whatever. Then I walked in, and I was 41 years old at the time. And this kid, he couldn't have been more than 21. He gets in my face. He's like, what's all this Giants crap you're wearing? You're in the burn. Like, he wanted to, like, people wanted to challenge me to a fight. But, you know. <laughs> 
that's yeah. the passion of the Pittsburgh sports fan. It is right. it is it is Pittsburgh versus everybody. And I dug it, man. And I and a big part of me misses it. Well, yeah, you're, you're always going to be missed here, man. You look great, uh, as you always have. So it was Thanks, awesome bro. to catch up with you, man. Thanks for doing it, and we'll we'll have to do it again soon. Chris, anytime. Love to come on, man. Always love catching up with JB. Man, you, you heard him do a little uh, Ace 66, Mario. You heard him do his classic Yinzer accent. There would be nothing better back in the day when I was a producer, producing for Guy Junker and Eddie Crow, than Eddie Crow, lunatic that he is, wandering in lunatic that he was and still is with a script uh for one of the skits with a funny voice that jb would do i mean oh god great guy good to see that everything's going well for him down in nashville even if it's a little more in flux with the predators and david boyle stepping down and a franchise that's in what feels like as much transition as the penguins might be in a few years but yes the talent level definitely different uh, how does a Penguins super fan feel about this team after this weekend. Lucky enough for us, we have a Penguins super fan with some Nashville ties as well from the Helmet Hair and Yin's Hers podcast. Penn super fan Jordan DeFigio next on Fifth Avenue Faceoff.